Welcome to Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids, a podcast that steps into alternative education, parenting, and living a funner, fuller family life. I'm Robin, home educator, unschooling mom to two funny, eclectic kids, and we're here to create a space for families to listen, connect, learn from others, and be inspired. Join us every two weeks to hear interviews and tips from experts in learning, education, and parenting, and stories from families that are playing full out in the arena of life and education. World schooling, unschooling, alternative schooling, homeschooling, or just creating a whole new style of learning. Welcome to Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids. My name is Robin Robertson, and yes, I'm the creator and host of this podcast, and I'm a home educating mother. We are unschoolers, and we have been living this life learning journey for, it's going on 10 years, well over nine years and counting. Every day looks different, every year looks different, and we try our best to approach each year as a new place and space to be. So yes, after all these years, I'm still going through my de-schooling process. There's always something new for me to learn. And yes, I most likely have had the same questions that you have had when it comes to homeschooling or unschooling or those general fears we have as parents in this everyday world. How do I provide my children with enough opportunities so that they can thrive? Am I doing the right thing? What about things like reading and writing? How will they learn any of these things if we decide to unschool and I'm not actively teaching them with curriculum and a planned schedule? Will they be able to go to university or college if we unschool or homeschool? What if they fall behind their classmates? Then what will I do? Are they learning everything that they need to learn and know? How can I better trust myself and trust them? What if I fail? What if they fail? then what are we going to do? Is it all my fault? Then what? I know those are some of the questions that I've had and most likely some of the questions you've had. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I created this podcast as a place to come and have your questions answered, to hear from people who have lived those experiences themselves and what it looks like on the other side or as we're going through it and a place to connect and build community. And I've also heard you through my coaching sessions because I do one-on-one coaching, um, my master class as well, home and homeschooling with purpose. As I continue to engage and connect with community or through Clubhouse or through this podcast, I also hear what you're saying. You want to connect regularly and more often. So just so you know, through my Patreon community, we will begin this May, May 29th actually is our first session where we're gathering together as a community live through Zoom and you will have full access to me and other community members where we can support, inspire each other. And if you have those questions and fears, bring them to the community. We are going to explore all of that, our fears, our concerns, our worries, how we tackle them, how we transition with them, how we breathe and slow down and stay present with them, our outlook and perspective, how we communicate with others, the de-schooling process, beginning to shift our perspectives on learning or, you know, any of those questions around reading, writing, or math that you have, we will be bringing all those to the table. So if you're interested in connecting and being a part of our Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids community, go to patreon.com slash honey, I'm homeschooling the kids and join my Patreon community. 
I'll also make sure that the link is in my show notes. If you're on my website, go to the show notes, go to this podcast episode, and you can find the link at the bottom of the page. And for this month of May until fall, this community is accessible to all patron levels. So it doesn't matter what level you are signed up for, you will have access to the community from May until the end of the summer, until the beginning of the fall. So again, go to patreon.com slash honey, I'm homeschooling the kids, or you can go to my Instagram and you can find my Patreon link in my bio. If you are part of my newsletter, I always have my Patreon link at the bottom or go to my website and look, check, check out this episode or other episodes and my Patreon link. It will be at the bottom of my show notes. Now for today's episode, I love this interview. It's a second interview with Cameron Sorsby of Praxis. Praxis was a wonderful sponsor, was one of our wonderful sponsors for our homeschool summit, How to Be an Awesome Homeschooler, which Kelly Edwards and I hosted this past March, 2022. We will have our third summit next spring. But for this summit, we explored more on our older self-directed learners and teens as well. Uh, well, part of it, we had some fantastic speakers and guests like Ainsley Arment of Wild and Free, Kelly Edwards, and I spoke to our teens and older self-directed learners. We had Karen Ricks of our kitchen classroom, uh, we Karima Akila of the Genius School, and we also had the wonderful Leah McDermott. And if you go through my podcast episodes, you'll see they were all past guests of my show as well. But they brought their genius, their specialty, their gifts to that summit, and we loved it. And Praxis was a wonderful sponsor for our section that I did with Kelly Edwards on supporting our teens and self-directed learners. So this episode is a fantastic episode if you're wondering those questions like, well, what about college and university? If my kids don't go, then what opportunities do they have? What kind of jobs can they get if they homeschool or unschool? You know, what, what skills do they really need and how can I, as a home educating or unschooling parent, help them to prepare for the world? What skills do I need and do I need to understand about our ever-changing future and the skills that are actually really required for the world today? So we explore those. We talk about the importance of apprenticeship and how we can connect our kids best with that and the, the importance and value of real-world hands-on experience. Cameron breaks down how Praxis sees or what they see in their successful graduates. Remember, Praxis is an alternative to college and university. It's not the traditional norm. And that's one of the reasons why he also talks about how one-third of their grads were actually homeschoolers and why it fits so well with homeschooled and unschooled young people as well. We also talked about parents and how we as parents can best support our learners and our children for the world ahead of them um, through empathy, through building their confidence and other ways that we can help better connect them with the world. So enjoy this interview. It is fantastic. We give some really great examples. Cameron talks about really some really specific insights. And I recommend you check out Praxis. Go to discoverpraxis.com. Find out more about this amazing platform and organization. And I'll also have them in the show links as well. So welcome to the podcast. I have Cameron Soresby with me again today. And I say again, because this is the second time he's been on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to chat today. 
Yeah, absolutely, Robin. It's always good to uh, speak with you and connect and looking forward to our conversation today. I am too. I think this is actually a really important conversation for not only me personally, because of where our family stands, but a lot of families that connect with me in the space of self-directed learning and unschooling and homeschooling, because you're the CEO of Praxis. And Praxis is really the best way I describe it is an alternative to college or university. Um, we see so many changes right now in our world with the ideas around learning and careers and post-secondary university. And I think Praxis is a great introduction to the world, but also a great alternative to the traditional schooling approach or post-secondary schooling approach. And this conversation I'm excited to have because I think this was only going to build on our last conversation of the opportunities that young people have in the world, how our world and landscape is changing to this current market or current needs as well, and how we as parents can best support our young people to be ready for the real world and for those things that they're going to face that we might not even know because we might be a generation behind even. But especially as homeschooling parents or parents that support self-directed learning that aren't that don't live the traditional path, how can we best support our kids this way? So the other re reference I want to give is Praxis was a wonderful platinum sponsor for our last homeschool summit, How to Be an Awesome Homeschooler. And we really appreciate that as well. So thanks, Cam. And let's begin. <laughs> so maybe you can, maybe for those who are just coming to the podcast now and being introduced to Praxis, what is Praxis? How would you define Praxis to someone who doesn't know anything yet? Sure. So like you said, Praxis is a an alternative, you know, educational program to the traditional college higher education path that most people take after high school. Uh, the program itself, it's a business apprenticeship program. It's 12 months long. Um, we work with, you know, young individuals as young as, you know, 16, 17 sometimes, but typically it's that, you know, typical like college age range. And we're helping individuals essentially like get their professional lives started um, and their life overall. But the, the program itself, it's six month professional development boot camp and job placement process, six months uh, apprenticeship experience inside a growing business. You graduate the program with a full time, more career oriented job um, and you have access to the community and network you know, for, you know, lifetime, lifetime after the program as a graduate. Okay. Okay. So one year that they enter six months, six months, six months boot camp. maybe if you can explain a little bit about what it means to be in the boot camp. Um, actually, my kids and I were going through the website again, and they had a few questions. So that was one of the okay. things they're like, can Cam really talk about, um, yeah, what the boot camp entails? How do you have a mentor? Like, what does a mentor really do? Yeah, so I'll, I'll kind of walk through different components of it. So the, the structure going into the program, you're in a cohort of 15 participants. So you're one of those participants. Um, the first three months, that's kind of like our core boot camp curriculum. The focus of the boot camp curriculum is really twofold. One is there's a career discovery component. So like I mentioned, like we're a business apprenticeship program. There's like more entrepreneurial 
focus to the program. So we're helping our participants really gain like strong initial context into the modern career landscape. What are those early career opportunities out there? What kinds of different skills and roles can I go into? What are the differences between, you know, going and working for a 25-person tech startup company and if I don't just want to, you know, go become a software engineer, like what else can I be doing inside a company like that? What are the different industries that are you know, becoming, you know, more in demand and, you know, the, the coolest, most interesting companies where, where are those based? And, and then like, what are those starting points? So we focus on the business side. So a lot of sales, marketing, business operations, customer success. Um, and it's not about just like piping a participant into like, oh, you're on the sales track or the marketing track. But those are just like a really good, like, foundational pillars of like, hey, these are the kind, you know, the common roles that you can get started in. And essentially like, so that's, that's one component. Like we want to help you understand what are, what are like the modern day opportunities and which ones fit you in particular, given your interests and your strengths that you're bringing into the program. And then the actual like skill building, everything's really project-based. So at, you know, a Typical week in the boot camp, you have about 10 to 12 hours of project work. Um, you're building a professional portfolio, a body of work of projects and content, so that by the time you start working on, you know, with our placement team to land your job, like you have evidence, like you can create value inside a company and you're learning basic skills and you know, gaining some knowledge. Um, and so it's 10 to 12 hours of project work. You have two workshops every week during the boot camp. Monday nights, we bring in guest speakers. We're interviewing them about their career journey. These could be, you know, CEOs of growing businesses. They could be, you know, more entrepreneurial freelancers, you know, people working in these different role areas inside companies. Um, we'll bring in, we'll also bring in like more like non-traditional academic thought leaders that are, you know, they'll host like a philosophy night and, and different things like that. So it's not only like job skill training, but the core focus is, hey, how can I get my career off to a strong start in as direct a way as possible? Um, and then you have advisors that, you know, each month there's a different module that you go through and your advisors are kind of like facilitating, you know, that module experience and they host your Wednesday workshops. They're giving you feedback on your projects. They're talking to you both individually and in a group setting about, you know, that early career path that you want to kind of create for yourself and go down. Um, so the, the bootcamp is pretty intense. We're, we're getting participants out of their comfort zone. And it's always that blend of what can you do to set yourself up for short-term success, get ready to go into a you know, full-time job. Um, and then long-term it's everything we're doing is like, Hey, what soft skills, what mindset, you know, what, what do I need to be thinking about in terms of, building the career and life that I want for myself long-term. Um, we do that in a more like kind of meta way, like the project work you're doing, not everyone's doing the same exact projects, like they're structured to the bootcamp, but within that structure, each participant has a lot of, um, you know, flexibility and freedom to work on projects that they want to work on. And, you know, we're helping them really, I think we're trying to replicate how you need to approach personal and professional development in the real world, 
rather than trying to like take that more schooled approach to getting your like adult life started. Okay. Okay. So, so to even break that down a little bit, personal and professional development in the real world compared to like the school approach to it, what does that look like? What does that mean? Yeah. So I'll I'll make a comparison. So 18 year old, a little entrepreneurial, creative, intellectually curious, has some interest in the business world. I think most, most young people with, with those interests, like they're going to, they're going to think of marketing as like a really cool potential career path Mm -hmm. in the stereotypical college system. Like you're probably going to, you know, get into the business school at your university and end up majoring in marketing. And you're going to, you know, be taking a very textbook style approach to learning marketing. Like you're going to be learning different terms, um, you know, you know, learning from professors, maybe adjunct professors that have some marketing experience, but you know, it's, it's that very traditional academic environment. If someone coming into the program into our program is interested in marketing they're going to, you know, in the first month of the bootcamp in the marketing week, they're going to pick a company that's interesting to them, you know, do research on that company and then figure out like, okay, imagine, like, imagine I'm in a junior content marketing role at this company. How can I improve something we're doing, you know, within the marketing department? You know, can I put together a new email marketing campaign to our existing email list to get them you know, to try to like, you know, set them up with the sales team. Um, what what content could I be creating for our social media channels? You know, that's that's increasing traffic, et cetera. How how do I you know set up um, paid advertising on on Facebook? And you're going to actually be learning that stuff, and as much as possible, you're connecting it to like real world experience that you would be doing in a job that you could be landing three to you know three to six months from now. Right. Okay. The actual hands-on, the nitty-gritty of what you're actually really going to be doing within within work. Okay. Okay. So, so you know, that also brings me to the question of, because this is, you deal with businesses and startups and young people looking to go into a career or the world of work. The question that comes up a lot, I find, with homeschooling parents and unschooling parents that are, you know, I guess really with any parent is I want to provide my kids with all the opportunities that everyone is going to have, or maybe even more opportunities. I don't want to choose a life of learning that is going to limit their opportunities. I want them to be successful. I want them to have all of the chances they can at success. So I always, you know, my response is always our definition of success can vary it can be very personal as well. Um, and it's always important to go back to what about, you know, defining our own personal idea of success and what it is and why we have that idea. Why are we holding so tight to certain ideas around success, however, however it means to us? So how would you define success, especially compared with what you see with young people going into the world and, you know, and thriving? Or um, you know, not just surviving, but thriving. What would how would you define success? So, the broad way I like to answer this question is, in so for the typical 18, 19 year old that's starting Praxis, I like will tell them throughout the program, like 
look first, look beyond just like the 12 months that you're in this program and look beyond like, what's that first job you get. I think for the average, like the average above average young person, they have ambition. They want to be, you know, successful. They want to enjoy the work they do. They want, you know, more for themselves than maybe the the typical person that's just like, give me the nine to five job, the basic paycheck so I can just survive. Like they want to thrive. Like you said, I think you're like, your primary goal as an individual in the first five to 10 years of your adult life and your career, it should be gaining that clarity and direction on just what do you want to do? Like that, that's the big question everybody has, you know, at that age, I remember myself, you know, probably sophomore, junior year of high school. Once I realized like, all right, my dreams of becoming a professional athlete, that's not going to happen kind of thing. I got to figure out what I'm going to do in my life. And I really struggled with that question. I think most older teenagers, you know, people in their early twenties, that's, that's where a lot of like that existential anxiety comes from. It's just like, I, how do I figure out what I want to do? So I think that's being able to look back like five, 10 years into your career and be like, Hey, like, it's not about like, Oh, I have the exact career path. That's never going to change. And this is what I'm going to do for the next 20, 30 years. And it's not about like, I have my perfect dream job. I don't think that's the ultimate goal. Really. It's, I know how I want to approach building my career and building my life on my specific terms. So that I think that's what it is like having a sense of control over your decisions and over your outcomes. Like that's the kind of broad, vague way I look about that. And that's like the most important way to think about it. I think more specifically to get there, like if I'm 18 right now, my like, if I'm looking at the next five years, like 18 to 23, what, what do I think, what are steps you can take? What, what can you kind of develop to be the kind of person who's like, Hey, I know what I'm doing with my life. Um, I think there's a certain level of like professional experience you want to gain. And there's all different kinds of skills you can develop. There's all different kinds of jobs and careers that you can pursue. But I think the simplest way to think about it is like, I want to, I want to find something where I can be particularly good at it. And that offers a reasonable range of like financial success. So I can support myself, uh, work my way towards financial independence, start building, you know, at least like modest wealth for myself. And essentially you want to be able to answer the question of like, I know how to go into a business and create value for them. And whether that means like you're more entrepreneurial, you want to start your own thing. It's like, okay, like, five years from now, like you want to be able to say like, I know how to create value for customers by starting my own thing. That could be a more specific goal. Um, or if it's like, Hey, I know I want to go work in a certain specific industry, like real estate. It's like, all right, like, don't worry about big picture wise, like where you are six months from now. It's that long, you know, longer term goal of, you know, I know I want to be in real estate and therefore like, I need to figure, I need to start taking steps so that five years from now, three years from now, like I can be a valuable real estate addition, or I can go work for, you know, real estate investment firm or whatever it may be. But there's in that professional category, it's 
what, what is the combination of skills and experience that I can gain so that I have the confidence I can create value within a professional context? And then beyond that, I think it's personal knowledge and awareness. Um, you want to know, like, what are the things I don't like? What are the things I do like? What are the things that I know I want to avoid? Like, okay, like I would... You know, obviously coding is a really popular, you know, kind of career area today. Most people think like, well, if you have, if you want any shot of, you know, making good money, making above six figures, like you have to learn, uh, you know, how to code and, and develop te- technical skills like that. That's not true. Like there's so many different ways to, to make good money and be successful. If I would, I would hate my life if I was, you know, a software engineer and one, I wouldn't be very good at it. Um, but two, like I wouldn't enjoy that kind of work. So it's, it's an experimental process. Like I wouldn't have known that at 18 or or 20, like if that's work I would, I would enjoy or not. Um, but through process of, you know, a series of experiments with my own career, you, I've figured out like what kind of work I'm good at, what kind of work I enjoy. And I think more importantly, what are the things I, I want to avoid in that area? And I really think it's hard to, to figure those things out inside like the more, you know, bubble environment of, of college where it's, you can learn some things, um, you can gain some self-knowledge, but I, I think it just stunts that it's like it it stunts that learning and growth process that you have to go through to to figure out what you do and don't like essentially and that self knowledge and self awareness and like gaining actual tangible you know skills and knowledge that allow you to be a valuable commodity within your career like combining those two things having different life experiences like what that all results in is it's confidence building Right. And it's and for you know young people, it's specifically like you I want you want to be gaining confidence that you are capable of creating the life that you want. Um, so you're I think the worst fear of the typical 18, 20 year old is one, I'm just like never going to be successful. I'm not going to be capable of you know holding a you know successful career oriented job. Um, I don't know, like at 18, like you don't have a lot of skills, you don't have a lot of knowledge and it's like, it's really intimidating. Um, and the school system, like it's very different from the real world. So it's hard to understand like how your natural strengths even translate into the real world. Um, and then the other thing that I think most people are afraid of is like, I'm going to end up in a career that I don't like, but I feel stuck in because I don't know how to build skills or create value outside of this area. Um, I, I mean, those were my fears, you know, at, at that age. And we see that a lot with, you know, people we talk to through practice. So like, those are the things you're trying to avoid. Rather, I think that's a better focus in the first like three to five years of adulthood as you're making that transition of how can I, like, don't set the bar of like, I need to find out what is the one thing I'm destined to do for the rest of my life. And it's more about how can I gain skills? How can I gain enough self-knowledge about myself to avoid 
ending up in a, you know, being 30 and not enjoying what I'm doing, feeling stuck, feeling disempowered um, because I've essentially just followed like the traditional path. And I've kind of leaned on these like larger institutions, colleges, you know, corporate, corporate America to, you know, kind of build my life for me essentially. So that's a little ranty, but I would would (laughs) say like, it's, I think six, again, like success for me is not okay. Like I know like I'm interested in real estate. Therefore success would be me having a thriving, you know, career in this one specific area of real estate. It's kind of setting that foundation for yourself so that at 25, at 30, you're like, yeah, I can look back on the past five to 10 years. And it's like, I've developed really good experience. I have valuable skills based on the experience I've gained. And I know much more about myself and what I do enjoy and what I don't. And now if you have that kind of platform to build on, the next, you know, you're setting yourself up for long-term success that you're determining and you're choosing for yourself of what direction you want to go rather than feeling like I have to pick from a set criteria or a set category, you know, that you would find on a career assessment or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the things that you can do. And these are the degrees that you can get. And it's only like 10 kind of things most for your entire life. So the biggest thing I hear out of that as well is, you know, building your confidence, um, confidence building, understanding your natural strengths and how they translate into the real world and building your skills so that you can create value, especially if you're, you know, working for an employer or a company. And as a parent, I think, okay, so in order to support my my child to have those things, a lot of it would be just getting them out to experience things and doing things. And whether it's a job, you know, whatever job so that they can get out and just gain some experience, have different life experiences, but then trying things like taking action. Um, so I guess I'm thinking as well, you know, I could say, well, they can go and get a job in at a fast food restaurant. They can get a job at a, you know, a clothing store. They can get a job anywhere else from when they're younger all the way, you know, up until, you know, say they're going to Praxis or anything like that. Um, but at the same time, there's also other avenues that are building now that and other ways that they can get experience and different experiences and, and gain skills from home, even a very young age as well. But how do we even encourage that for them if, you know, I don't I don't really know. I have an idea of what's out there, but and I don't really know what's out there or maybe they hear of it, but they don't know even how to approach it or um, how they can take what they're doing and translate it into skills that they can say, Hey, you know, I've already done, I've been creating YouTube videos just for my friends for the past three years. You know, how do I even talk to an employer about that? Or I've been, I don't know, like helping out my mom's blog kind of thing. And, but what do I even say about that? How do I tell an employer there's no, you know, how do I even show that I've even been doing any of that? How, you know, how can we take those and translate them into usable skills right now that an employer would say, you know what, this is actually something 
that I'm looking for, or this is something we can use as well. Yeah. So I think in those kind of like early, it's, you know, 16 to 18 year old, how can they start to prepare themselves and how can parents help them start, start to prepare for like launching your career and and getting that process started. And I'd say like there, I would, I would take like a two pronged approach is one is what are those skills and experience that you can develop that are accessible to you right now? Um, and I think the, the best thing 15, 16, 17-year-old can do for themselves is to go get that fast food, that retail job, mm. and just gain some basic work experience where you are accountable to an employer, you're accountable to customers, you're most likely like the best thing you can develop there is just like foundational customer service skills. And even if you have like, even if you're not interested at all in kind of being like in a customer facing role long-term and chances are like, you have no idea what you want at this stage anyway. Like I see that like, those are foundational personal skills as much as they are like professional skills. They don't have to have a direct connection to what you end up doing, you know, in the early stages of your actual career. Um, Again, like I think you can develop really valuable experience by, by doing that and, and gain confidence by doing that. And I think those are like prerequisites to being career ready, no matter what you end up doing is just having like basic, like teen hourly wage, retail food and Bev work experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think there's that side of things. Um, And then it's, it's information gathering. You're trying to figure out what are those opportunities out there? What, what am I even capable of? What are my options as far as what I do to make money long-term? And I think this is the really fun part. Um, there's so much information out there today, you know, obviously like through the internet, through on, online content and everything that that's available for younger people to actually learn about like what are modern day careers. So I think podcasts are huge. Like, you know, go on, you know, whatever podcast platform you use, like if there's like, just pick something that you think you might be interested in career-wise and just do like a general search. And like, you're probably going to five, five to 10 different podcasts that you can start listening to, to just learn about, you know, that, that area of interest. Um, if you're, if you think you're interested in marketing, like there's hundreds of marketing podcasts out there, like just start listening to episodes and approach it as if it's like, all right, this is my topic that I want to study, you know, for the next 30 days, I'm going to listen to a new podcast episode every single day, take notes on it. Better yet, like listen to a podcast every day and write a blog post, like create a personal website, write a blog post on it, do it for 30 days. You're going to one, like know much more about that area than you did previously. And two, you're going to improve your writing skills, which are really valuable no matter what you end up doing. Um, and three, like you've, you've built some, a basic track record that you can create and show up on a consistent basis. That's, that would be much more relevant 
to landing a marketing internship somewhere than any like class you could take in a school environment. Right. Um, and I think, you know, that's a very easy, basic example. But I think the important thing there that I really take away is as a parent, you, I don't think it's your job to know every single like career option that exists today for your kids. It's about helping them create like processes that they can go through to learn for themselves. And so it's like, all right, you can now repeat that process with anything that you think you might be interested in. Um, other like more specific resources, like I think most people equate like at an early age and, and parents too, like they tie like what you, what my kid could end up doing in their career to college majors. Like, all right, like, you know, you, instead of figuring out what kind of career or job you want to have, people think about like, what major should I choose in college? And I think those two things aren't actually very like connect very well. They don't translate one-to-one. Um, so instead of choosing like helping your, you know, your kid think about what they might want to major in an academic environment is, Hey, let's get on LinkedIn. Let's get on Twitter. Um, you know, podcasts, et cetera. Let's, let's find people that are, you know, five, 10, 15 years into their professional lives. And anybody that like, figure out, like figure out what they do. And if it's of interest to you, like try to learn about that as much as possible. Um, you can even try reaching out to people on, on LinkedIn and stuff. Like if, you know, um, like Robin, you're, you're a entrepreneurial person. You're, you know, you're kind of like the, what, I don't know exactly what you would call yourself like title wise, but it's like, you're, you're running your own thing. You're in the homeschooling networks. And it's like, that could be like, there could be a 16, 17 year old, you know, aspire, you know, homeschooler, aspiring, you know, content creator in some realm. And it's like, I would want to talk to Robin about what her day to day is like, how she got started, you know, what skills does she use to, you know, create the content that she does, et cetera. And it's like, just pick people and think about individuals that are like leading interesting lives and doing interesting things to you. And it's like, how much can you learn about them without talking to them? Like how much can you research about them, you know, online and then like shoot, shoot your shot, like reach out to them. And like, that's a real big advantage that young people have is that most people into their careers, like they're, they want to give their time to young people. Um, they, they want to help people, you know, in that situation, we were all, you know, at that point, our, ourselves at, at some point and everything. And, you know, it's again, like it just requires the confidence to put yourself out there. It requires just like some critical thinking and some research ability of like, how can I start doing my internet sleuthing on this topic or on this person? And what can I find out and stuff? But I think as a parent framing things that way of like, all right, you know, I've, if you have a 15, 16 year old, younger, slightly older, whatever, like, how can you help them start to connect the dots between what they're interested in now and what they, you know, could see themselves doing in the future? And then, you know, you want to be consistently developing, you know, basic skills along the way. 
um, you know, some, some of our best participants, like they don't do Praxis because they know they want to like go into the world of tech startups. They're just trying to figure out what they're interested in. And they have maybe some inclination towards like the broad, very broad world of business, but they, what stands out about a lot of our participants is just like, Hey, like I worked at Chick-fil-A for two years and now I'm like highly trained in basic customer service. And I was the kind of person who, if you put me into, you know, a basic, you know, professional environment like that, like I want to go above and beyond and learn more than, I don't just view that as like a job to get a little bit of spending money in my teen years, but it's like, okay, I like, I'm, learning I'm learning how this, op, you know, how this, what the operations are behind the scenes here. And even if I'm not interested in the restaurant industry at all, I just, I can just understand enough of like, this is valuable for me to understand like my role inside the, you know, the greater context of this business of this restaurant and everything. So like, don't undersell getting that kind of experience. And then it's like, you can have a basic job like that. And then like, pick something more entrepreneurial, like a side project or, or something like, you know, start your own podcast, start your own blog, you know, create that personal website and, and start writing on it on a regular basis. Um, but yeah, I think just figuring out ways to like, we connect like project, like personal projects you can do that help you just learn about what options are even out there and stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. The great thing about it is, as for homeschoolers, they have the time to do that as well and to explore that and to work and to try as well, which is which is wonderful as well. Um, I, I'm just wondering, so if you are if, if you're enrolled in Praxis and you're done, you've done your first six months, do you choose the work apprenticeship? Do does the company come to you. How does that work? How do you get matched up and then know that it's your fit then? Yeah. So after the first three months, that kind of like core bootcamp curriculum phase, the, the second half of the bootcamp is you're working with our job placement team. And it's still very much a learning experience, but it shifts to like, all right, everything we're doing now is to like help you land that first full-time, you know, entry-level you know, job opportunity for your apprenticeship experience. Um, so it's it's very much a collaborative effort between like you and your placement advisor. So we have a we have a network of hiring partners of, of growing companies that we have formal partnerships with. And they are they're always looking to hire, you know, the next, you know, out of the next batch of Praxis participants and everything. So we have companies with specific entry level job opportunities that are, you know, coming to us, you as a participant, you have a talent profile with the projects and content you created during the bootcamp. You're, you're framing yourself that like, I hear the kinds of it, you know, here are the kinds of roles that I'm interested in. Here are the skills that I've developed. Here are kind of like the intangibles and soft skills that I feel like I bring to the table. And so your placement advisor is, one, like shopping your talent profile out to companies in our network, and we're helping you set up interviews. And then you're navigating the hiring process, which with, with any company that wants to interview you. Um, so you're, you've got, by this point, you're on the same page with your placement advisor as like what kinds of opportunities you're interested in. So we're, we're kind of matching you based on your interests and preferences and, and on your strengths. 
Um, and then your placement advisor is also helping you create like tailored pitches and tailored projects to companies that you're particularly interested in working for. And those, those opportunities can either be inside of our hiring network, or you can also work with your placement advisor to identify, you know, practice quality companies based on like our criteria that aren't in our network yet, but still represent like they have awesome job opportunities you know, for, you know, based on your interests and everything. So there's flexibility. We're bringing specific companies to the table with job opportunities we're connecting them to. Um, and it's just about, you know, what's that, what are the range of opportunities now that you've gone through the, the first three months that you're actually interested in that you you're reasonably a, you know, a good fit for. Um, and, you know, what does that do with like the number of opportunities available and everything? And, so it's never a case of like, all right, you've completed this stage of praxis. Now we're just going to ship you off to company X and, uh, you know, wish, wish you luck kind of thing. It's, and, and it wouldn't, it couldn't work that way, even if we wanted to set it up that way, because like the companies they want, they're excited to hire from the praxis, you know, talent pipeline, because, you know, we built a reputation Our alumni have built a reputation of like, hey, like these are high caliber young people. Yes, they're greener when it comes to experience, but they more than make up for that. And, you know, attitude, mindset, you know, and upside talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, you know, it, it's that attitude factor that's the biggest. But, um, you know, they still you still have to sell them on your on yourself individually. And then your placement advisor is working with you on interview prep, you know, pitching the right companies for the right roles, uh, things like that. Okay. 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 So there's within that process, there's a lot of practical skills and experience you're still learning as well on and getting a job and matching location interviews and everything too. We, we take a very proactive and like more entrepreneurial approach to like job hunting tactics. So like, for most people, like nobody wants to be on the, on the job hunt and, you know, just sending resumes out, you know, hundred resumes in a month. And it's like, maybe one or two companies get back to you wanting to interview, interview you. Then you have a first round interview. And then it's like, you never hear from them again. It's, it's a, it's naturally like a pretty demoralizing process for most people. We flip the job hunting process on its head um, where it's like, Hey, like we take kind of like a quality over quantity approach to it. So it's like, instead of just sending like a generic one page resume with like your education and, you know, your basic experience on it, like that's not going to get you very far in most, in most cases, we take like a much more tailored approach of like, Hey, pick out a company, you know, dissect their job posting and then create like a tailored video pitch, you know, Mm -hmm. explaining like why you're excited about their company, why you're excited about the role and you know what would make you a valuable fit for them that taking that approach alone like i think that gets you into like the 95th percentile of candidates because almost no one is putting that effort into doing that and for an employer that's such a strong signal to see because real like taking out like this the details of a specific role over another what companies are looking for, especially in terms of entry-level talent, it's, you know, I want to hire young people with good energy, strong work ethic, 
zero entitlement, you know, issues. Um, and they have the ability to learn in a more like self-directed manner. Um, and, you know, you need some basics coming in that you just need to have for different roles from day one. Like that's what the boot camp is for. Um, but a lot of the roles in the business world, you know, that you can get started on, like, you don't need to have, you know, years of experience or years of specific hard skills that you've developed. If, you know, you're, again, like if you have a strong work ethic, you have good communication skills, written, verbal, I think those are really important. Like, and most, like most people, you don't actually develop strong writing skills from school. Um, You know, it's very different writing a five paragraph essay with a minimum word count, you know, that meets MLA standards and everything than it is like, how can I write good sales copy that gets a prospect to respond to this email? Um, those are two very different things, you know? Yeah. It always reminds me of that. Yeah. He's like, yeah. don't write like we're in school. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yep. And, and so like we find a lot of the time, like we have a dedicated writing module in the boot camp. And um, it's it's like a de-schooling process for a lot of our, like, we have really smart, like, ambitious, you know, strong work ethic, work ethic participants, really intellectually curious. And, like, I would say 99% of participants, like, they need to improve their writing during the boot camp. And it's, it's really, like, getting rid of bad habits that they develop from, you know, years of school and everything. A lot of people tend to overwrite. Um, but it's, you know, it's school's fault. Like you're just not, you're not doing the kind of writing that you, you would actually be doing in the real world. Yeah. And you get failed if you do the writing that you do in the real world, not there. Right. right. If you take risks and, you know, be more creative with an assignment, it's like, nope, you're, you're out of bounds on what the assignment, what the, you know, not what I asked you to do. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, you're making the teacher's lives harder because you're not, you know, forming yourself to the specific criteria. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, cause I was going to ask you and you really, you answered it. Some of the big skills or points that, that employers and companies are looking for right now, but, you know, attitude and mindset, um, you know, good energy, strong work ethic, zero entitlement issues. That was a good one as well too. being self-directed uh, and good communication skills. And the communication skills are not necessarily what we talk about in school, actually very different to how they apply to the real world. So I think those are really good ones, unless there's anything else you want to add to that list, but yeah, that yeah. stuck out for me that I wrote down while you were, while you were talking about that. Sure. So two, two big ones I would add. Um, one is problem solving. So in, and in the sense of, okay, like I'm in an entry level customer service, customer support position inside a company and a customer is having trouble using our product or service. You know, they, they have beef with us and they ask me a question. I don't know the exact answer to what do you do in that situation? Sometimes it will make sense for you to like ask you know, someone with more experience of like, Hey, like, you know, someone with more knowledge that that you have, like, Hey, I need help with this. Other times, like you have to just figure it out. Like you have to Google and do your research and then get back to this person. Or like, you need, you know, you need to understand like, Hey, how should I handle this? Knowing I don't know the answer, but I need to take care of this customer. And now I need to go figure out things and stuff. And 
and problem solving, it, it's the ability to learn new things more independently. That's how you're going to grow. Um, yes, like we look for companies that, you know, are, have like alignment with our values and like, hey, we want people with less experience getting their career started and have the soft skills and we want to train them in our, our ways and we want to support them and, you know, get them trained up. But at the end of the day, like, you know, the harsh, the harsh reality is like your professional development, your growth, like that's your responsibility. And I think number one key to that is like being able to solve problems on your own. And then the second thing connected to that is having judgment, having good social judgment, um, whether it's okay. you know, how you, how you're interacting with, with people, you know, how to deescalate situations. Maybe there's a customer that's upset about something. It doesn't matter if it's like your fault or the company's fault, like you're there to make, you know, figure out a good relationship with someone essentially. And you got to, you know, figure that out on the spot. Um, even little things of like, you know, knowing not to send like a 500 word email to somebody because like, there's no way they're going to read that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, just little things like that. There's a lot of like nuances that, you know, I think real world professional experience, like there's going to come up and it's not about knowing exactly what to, you know, knowing exactly what to do in every single situation, but it's essentially like your ability to roll with the punches and, and kind of figure things out. And it's like, Hey, I made a mistake. Now I can take the principle, like there's a principle to learn from that experience that I can apply to other areas and, and things like that. And social judgment is something personal social judgment. That's always a confusing one to me of like, is that teachable? Um, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's like formally teachable. Like I can't sit down and talk to someone for 30 minutes and teach them good judgment. But that's why experience is so important. The more you put yourself in uncomfortable positions where like you don't know what you're always stepping into and it's like, all right, I have to figure these things out. I think you can tell like when you're talking to a particularly mature 18 year old, it's like they probably have been around adults and interacted with them in, in you know, just more valuable ways than, you know, a, a more like sheltered, you know, young person is and everything. And I think that's really important. Like just, you know, early on, like gain as much life experience as possible. Um, and even if you're behind the curve, like you feel like, you know, you grew up a little bit more sheltered and it's like, I'm 19, 20, you know, 23. And I, I feel like I'm last lacking in social skills. Like you can still develop those, um, you know, over time and just, you have to put yourself out there and everything. But I think that's really important. Like, Instead of trying to figure out like your career path, it's like gain professional, personal, you know, life experience. You're just going to feel more equipped to like handle the uncertainty of, you know, all the big life stuff that happens. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because that takes you so much farther. Totally. And you're not as pigeonholed as well. You're flexible. Okay, so I, I have a few questions from young people as well. Actually, it's my good friend, her her daughter, who's a young teen, and my kids as well, who had sent a few questions to ask you specifically about um, kind of the foundation of praxis and comparing it to them, how it would work. Um, so 
because I think a lot of for parents, you answered a lot of the questions of like preparing our kids. What are skills that they they need? How would something like praxis or actual experience support them in their life compared to kind of like a middle of the road, getting the very traditional path of looking at the degree in order to get the job kind of thing? Okay. Um and if anyone's listening, you have more questions, send them in and we can address them again as well, too. So um, so one of the questions actually from my friend's daughter, she's really into gardening and horticulture. So she was asking, she's, you know, if I, she, she said, if I have an interest like this and I'm looking at something like Praxis, where Praxis looks like it's more business or entrepreneurial focused, how would someone like myself fit into a program like Praxis? And would it even be something that I, that you would recommend I consider? Yeah. So here's something we're, we're really honest about up front is like Praxis is not for everyone. Okay. So like we're, we're not trying to replace college in its entirety of like everyone goes to college now everyone goes to praxis for all the different things that you could possibly do of course um with that said you don't need to be like this hardcore entrepreneurial young person like business 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 you know like i'm a business nerd this is all i want to do i was a kid selling candy bars under the bleachers in school or whatever to be a good fit for praxis either um I'll give you an example. So like we've had one participant comes to mind. Her name is Leah and she started the program at 18 or 19, you know, shortly after high school, she might've done a gap year. Um, she was a theater kid in, in school. Um, she coming into the program, she had aspirations to pursue, you know, an acting career. She was still trying to figure out like, Maybe I could see myself going like the full on professional acting route, or maybe it's something that ends up being, you know, continues just like as a, a more like serious personal hobby that I want to continue to invest in. Um, she, she did praxis, not, she didn't come into the praxis being like, how can praxis help me get a job in theater or in acting? She used praxis of like, okay, I like, I want to continue pursuing acting at some level at, you know, after school where you just have that internal like theater structure. And I know I don't want to go to college because that just seemed like, I don't want to go the whole like theater major theater school route either. And what I'm looking to gain from Praxis is like, I want to go, like, I want to have a career. So I have a certain level of stability that I can make choices from rather than going like the stereotypical starving artist route. And like, I'm going to move to the big city and just, you know, wait tables and do auditions and, you know, whether it takes 10, you know, 15 years to break through, like I'm just determined to do it. She's like, that doesn't seem very practical to me. I, so in praxis, she got an awesome uh, sales job and, you know, she, she spent two years at the company that she was placed with. And in the past 12 to 18 months, probably two years after she, you know, went through the program, she's not, like, she moved to New York city and she's now like pursuing, you know, a more formal acting career. And now she just, she's just doing that with a stronger career foundation so now it allows her to, to kind of take bigger risks with those personal interests and everything. So I think, you know, the real answer to this is, I think 
the trap that both young people and their parents fall into is trying to tie like, well, my kid has this specific niche interest. What, what is the exact, you know, career path that that maps onto? And it's like, that's for most people, that's not how you really want to set your life up, but we're kind of taught to think that way. Um, So I would say like, don't, don't like there's there's a balance of like yes follow your interests and see where they lead like you know if somebody's there's i think there are companies out there that are you know probably doing cool things within uh like horticulture and, and everything um like you know very like this is not my area of expertise so i'm just gonna throw out something random like there's like everybody's buying plants for their, you know, apartments, especially like in COVID times and, you know, everyone's, you know, working remotely. So they're in their house all the time. And it's like, I need more greenery in my house. So like, there's tons of more companies that have been exploding online that are just like selling plants online. And that could be like an adjacent, you know, company to go work for that's adjacent to like what you're actually interested in. And I think nine times out of 10, most people realize like the things I'm like specifically interested in at 17, 18, I'm not actually wanting to do them for my career and stuff. Um, The the most common one we get as an inquiry when people are checking out the program is my, you know, my son or daughter like loves video games. Like Mm -hmm. how do they turn that in? Like how how do they do video games for, for a career? And it's like, yeah, there, there are a lot of like video game development companies out there and everything. That's a huge industry on its own. But I think nine times out of 10, it's like, that's not actually what you want to do, but there can still be things that you learn from like, Hey, I'm really interested in, in video games because I like like the problem solving and it's like a puzzle and it's like, all right, like you can extrapolate and figure out like, maybe there is something like, in data analytics that you might actually enjoy because it's about like, okay, like sifting through the data and then figuring out like, what are the common patterns and then connecting dots and stuff. But it's like, those two things are very, you know, unrelated on on the surface and everything. So I think for most young people, the best thing you can do for yourself is just get your foot in the door at a quality growing business, gain some professional experience, spend six months, 12 months, 18 months somewhere, And through that, like, you're just naturally, like, once you're kind of, once you start living as if, like, I'm an adult, I'm getting my life started, you're, you're going to just develop more information and more self-knowledge of like, okay, what do I want to do? And, you know, what options are out there and stuff. So I think a lot of, you know, it's not, I'm not blaming anyone, but I think a lot of time can be wasted on like, how do I find the perfect career for myself? And I'm not going to take any action until I discover what that specific thing is. As opposed to just getting started. And then it's that constant like learning process of like what I'm interested in, what I'm good at, you know, what what balance do I want to have in terms of work-life balance? Like, do I want my career to be something that like I'm putting, you know, more effort and more energy into? Or maybe like five years in, you figure out like, okay, like I want to have a good job where I work with people I enjoy and I, you know, I do good work, but I've realized like at this point, 
you know, there are other things that I want to be kind of putting my energy into and stuff. And that can change over time too. Right. I think that's something, a trap that we get into a lot is finding that dream job and then that's going to be it forever. And then just waiting until it falls into your lap or it just appears and then you work towards it. And so many times it's not even that at all. Okay. So the other age, what's the youngest applicant that you take or what's the age group youngest to oldest are there specifics on that yeah so so typically like the average age of participants starting the program is right around 2021 so like the the typical age range of probably 80 percent of our participants is like 18 to 22 like truly that college age range and then we'll always have um, older older participants that are kind of using Praxis more of like a career transition program. Um, and then every once in a while, we'll get like an awesome, like young rock star that's 17, um, you know, because they were homeschooled, they graduated early and they just want to get going. Like we, you're more than welcome to apply essentially at any age. And then like, if somebody's on the younger end of that spectrum, we, you know, we, we grade them the same, but it's, we want to just make sure like you have like that personal maturity level that, you know, you can handle the program and, and everything. Right. But yeah. The, we, we've had a couple 16 year olds start the program, um, you know, or especially in the early days and stuff, which was, you know, it was just crazy and and pretty cool to see and stuff. So, you know, we do things differently. Like there's no set age criteria and like, even, you know, if you're 16, 17, maybe you're too young, but like go through the application process. If, if you're interested, we'll, we'll give you feedback and you'll learn more and um, we'll, you know, start a conversation with you and tell you like, even if it's doesn't make sense for you to you know, start the program this year or something, we can, you know, help you kind of take steps. I'm like, Hey, here's what you can be doing over the next year or two to, to get ready for Praxis or something else like it. Okay. That's good to know. That kind of gives a good foundation. Okay. And then the last question, then I want you to share where, if you're a parent, you're, you're a young person that's interested where we can find like that application process and find out more. Um, so the apprenticeship, is it only limited to practice? So say you're already doing something like an apprenticeship somewhere and, but you're still interested in that first mentorship boot camp process. Could you then kind of match it up? Is that possible? Yeah. Yep. Totally possible. Um, you can go through the program, like you can go through the boot camp, and that's actually really cool. Like if you have a job, if you already have a job you're really excited about and it kind of represents like that learning environment that we look for and in, in the jobs you get for the apprenticeship, like it's almost in some ways like it can be more valuable because now you have like an actual job that you can apply the project work that you do during the boot camp and stuff, which is great. Um, and then I think there's like you usually go through like half of placements so that we're teaching you like the job tactics and everything that, that you develop in placement. And I think for most people, like it'll make sense of like, Hey, like spend a couple months working with the placement team and see what opportunities are out there. And maybe there's something like, maybe by the time you get to placement, you feel like you're ready for a different kind of job experience. But if not, then we would just move you to the like apprenticeship experience where you, your workshops and your advisors, your mentorship is more focused on like on the job success and doing side projects to keep growing in the areas you want. So that, that happens 
Um, probably like one out of every 20 participants is doing that in the program. Okay. Okay. So where can we find out more about Praxis? Yeah. So the website is discoverpraxis.com. Um, on there, you can, you know, there's an alumni stories page, there's the application, you can schedule a call with somebody from our team, you can download the program guide. That's kind of like the hub to learn as much as you can about the program. Always recommend like doing a deep dive into the website, learning as much as you can, even scheduling a call with a team member before you actually apply. And that's where you like, you can get, you know, the more like personalized questions answered and they can give you some tips on the application process. And they can also, you know, give you more guidance on like, is Praxis a good fit, you know, given, you know, your interests and background and stuff. Okay, perfect. Discoverpraxis.com. And it's actually, there's great blog posts, articles on there as well and, and reference links to ideas and things like that too on, you know, experience that you can get in, you know, in the interim and, and if you're a young person as well. So there's a ton of information on there. Thank you so much, Cameron, for joining today. Thanks for being a wonderful sponsor for our summit and how to be an awesome homeschooler and for providing a different opportunity that's not the well-worn traditional path, <laughs> that there's possibility out there and uh, that, you know, it really fits our ever-changing world as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Robin. And thanks for all the awesome work you do. Oh, like about a third, if not more, of our graduates were homeschooled. So, you know, we we love the homeschool networks. We love the homeschool community at large. And it's really cool to see how much, you know, this, this space is growing, um, you know, over the past few years, you know, essentially. And um, it's really cool to see the acceleration, just more and more people gravitating towards homeschooling. Yeah, I agree. 100%. <laughs> you know, I'm on board with that. So absolutely. Yep. It's great that a third of your graduates were homeschooled. I didn't know it was that big of a number. It's so fantastic. If you want to hear more as well, go to Cameron's last interview. He's been on Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids before, as well as Hannah Frankman. Uh, she was on a few years ago, and she is a homeschool grad. And you might see her if you see her picture on some of the parts of the website as well. She works with Praxis too. And she was one of my first introductions to Praxis. So we've got some great history on that too. So thank you so much, Cameron. Thank you, Alan. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, leave a review or comment. I'd love to hear your thoughts, ideas, and reflections on the episode. You can go to the website, imhomeschooling.com, or email me directly, robin at imhomeschooling.com. Thank you.